Hey Oasis Church, welcome to our first week of a collection that we're starting called Ascent. We're here in the Blue Ridge Mountains today. It's a beautiful day. We're at the base of the Crabtree Falls hike. We're about to hit the trail. We've got about a mile and a half up to the waterfall uh, for some beautiful views on this beautiful day. And on this journey, we're gonna be talking about the Psalms of Ascent. The Psalms of Ascent. The entire book of Psalms is a book of songs. It's an entire book of songs and there's tons of songs for tons of occasions, for tons of feelings, tons of emotions, tons of different things that anyone will be walking through in their journey with God. It's almost like if you think about it in a golf game, you've got all your different golf clubs for all your different scenarios. Off the tee box, you've got the driver but in the sand trap, you don't need the driver, you need the sand wedge. And when you're on the green, you don't need the sand wedge, you need the putter. And you've got all the different clubs for all the different situations. And that's, that's how the book of Psalms is. The book of Psalms is many different songs that were written, uh, feeling many different emotions, many different places with God, many different journeys of the faith. And these are songs written in prayer. They're songs written and worship to God. And over the next few weeks, we're gonna be looking at a group of Psalms in particular called the Psalms of Ascent. The Psalms of Ascent start in Psalm 120 and they go for 15 Psalms up to Psalm 134. This group of Psalms is almost, if you would call it, a, a, a road trip playlist. See, this group of Psalms is what the Jewish people would sing as they made their journey towards the Holy Land for the different festivals throughout the year. They made their trip to the Holy Land three different times a year. The first time they did it was for the Passover in the spring. Then they did it for Pentecost in the early summer. And then in the fall, they did it for the Feast of Tabernacles. They would go to the Holy City and the city of Jerusalem sat up on a hill. It was elevated. So no matter where you were coming from, your journey to the holy city always involved you ascending. It always involved you climbing. It always involved you going up. And so these songs of ascent, the Psalms of Ascent, was the Jewish people's road trip playlist. They would all, all come together into the holy city and amongst their journey, amongst their travels, they would sing these songs. This was their anthem, this was their rally cry, this was their road trip playlist as they would ascend to the city of Jerusalem. We're gonna gather and we're gonna talk about a few of these psalms over the next few weeks as we ascend some of these trails. And we're gonna talk about what it means for us to worship God as we pursue God. See, these people, they were going to the holy city in pursuit of God. They were willing to scale mountains. They were willing to face danger. And all along the way, they were singing joyfully. So the questions I want us to reflect on is, where are we headed? Where are we ascending to? Are we ascending to God? Are we going after God? What are we willing to face? What mountains are we willing to climb? What things are we willing to do to go after Jesus? And finally, what songs are we singing? What is the cry of our heart as we seek God? I'm excited about today and next week as we look through the Psalms of Ascent. Today we're gonna to be looking specifically at Psalm 121. Let's journey together, here we go.
All right, we just barely left the parking lot, but I'm already so excited for this. So excited to dive in to our first Psalm of Ascent. Psalm 121, let's read it together. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. I'm excited to talk about this and explore Psalm 121 together. Come on, let's head up the trail. psalmist starts out in Psalm 121 by telling us what they're doing and then posing a question. They say this, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Now this, this line is not necessarily a metaphor or a picture, but this is quite literal for the Jewish people that were making their trek to Jerusalem. Because again, they're ascending. They're, they're scaling mountains to get there. And so when they're singing this psalm saying, I lift my eyes to the mountains, I lift my eyes to the hills, they're quite literally surrounded by mountains. They're surrounded by hills. To them, it wasn't just beautiful scenery. It was not just something to look at. But a mountain was a picture and would have pulled many emotions in them. Because a mountain, it, first of all, it just represented a tough journey. It was not easy paths. It was not easy strolling to get there but they had to they had to climb they had to ascend so it it was a picture of the fact that this was a tough journey the mountains were also a picture of danger of threats it was not safe it was it was hot during the day it was cold at night there was uh things that could attack them as far as there was animals around there was thieves and robbers this is like the parable of the good samaritan where jesus is saying hey the travelers were getting mugged by the thieves and robbers. That was a reality for these people. On their way to Jerusalem, through the mountains, they faced danger. They faced threats. They faced uncertainty. They were taking a risk making this trek up to the holy city. And so when they say, I lift my eyes to the mountains, where does my help come from? What they're literally asking is, hey, I'm surrounded by fear. I'm surrounded by uncertainty. I'm surrounded by danger. Where is my help? It's also a picture of in that day, all the false gods and the shrines and the idols and the temples, they were all built on mountains. They were all built up high. They were all built on top of these mountains in high places. And so even as they're singing this and posing this question, where does my help come from? What it's picturing is they're looking to all the, all the possible idols, all the false gods of the world and saying, hey, in the midst of my danger, in the midst of my fear, in the midst of my uncertainty, who's going to help me? Who am I going to run to when I'm uncertain? 
And I think it's easy for us to say, well, that was for them and that was their culture and their time. But I think if me and you evaluate our life, sometimes in the midst of our fears and our doubts and our worries, we can run to idols. Now, it's not a shrine in the mountain like they had, but it could be an unhealthy relationship. It could be a substance. It could be the approval of others or success. It could be social media, just, just getting likes and getting uh, approved by others. There's all kinds of idols in our lives that we look to in the midst of fear, in the midst of uncertainty. And so this question, I'm looking to the mountains, where does my help come from? It's a very predominant question for me and for you today. And so I wanna ask you, where are you looking? When, when you need help, where do you look? And I love that the Psalm continues because they answer their own question in the midst of fear, in the midst of threats. They say this, they say in verse number two, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I lift my eyes to the hills. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So what is the picture here? What are they telling us to do? They're saying this, hey, to not only lift your eyes to the mountains, but to lift your eyes up higher above the mountains to the creator of the mountains. They're saying, my Lord, my God is the one that made these mountains. He's the one that made and spoken to be the very thing that terrifies me. Not just to lift my eyes to the mountains, but lift my eyes up higher than the mountains. They're almost creating this picture that, hey, look, if all you're doing is just focusing on your mountain, if all you're doing is just looking at the hills around you, you've got tunnel vision, you've got blind spots. And the psalmist is encouraging us to not just lift our eyes to the mountain, lift our eyes higher than the mountain to the maker of the mountains. So lift our eyes and then lift our eyes again. Come on, I want you to put in the comments below, I'm not just gonna lift my eyes, I'm gonna lift my eyes again to the maker of heaven and earth. Will you look to the hills or will you look to the God who made the hills? A mountain seems big to you, but it's small to God. Things that me and you are scared of, they are scared of God. Look higher than the hills. Look to the one that is higher than what is higher than you. The psalmist goes on to tell us over the next few verses what a life is like what our soul is like when we don't just look to the hills but when we look higher than the hills so the next few verses we're going to explore what my life is like and your life is like when we don't just look high but when we look higher come on let's explore them together So we're ascending the mountain, we're looking to the hills and asking, where does our help come from? Our help comes from God, the maker of this mountain, the maker of heaven and earth. And so what, what's true of my life, what's true of your life, if we do look higher than the mountains to the maker of the mountains, what do we get? What do, how does our life, how is it affected when we look higher than the mountains? The first thing is this, and I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. The first thing we get when we look higher than the mountains is we get a firm foundation. We get a firm foundation. Here's what the Psalm says in verse number three. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you 
will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I love that the Psalms, that the song is singing and declaring, hey God, he's not going to let your foot slip. Like that was quite literal for them. It's quite literal for us today as we're hiking up this mountain. They, they had a risk of, of falling, of slipping, of getting hurt. And they're singing and rejoicing that God is watching over us. He's watching over them and he will not let our foot slip. It's almost painting this picture that we've got a great spotter in God. You know, if you're at the gym and you're on the bench press or you're on, on, you know, you're on the weights, you've got someone behind you making sure that the weights don't fall, making sure you don't slip. And, and they're declaring, hey, God, God is our great spotter. We've got the spotter of heaven. God is watching over us, protecting us so that our foot will not slip. It just paints a picture, I think, of the fact that our God protects us and our God is guarding us of things we can see, but I think it's so much greater than that. I think God has protected you from things that you're not even aware of. I think one day in heaven, we'll look back on, on our time here on earth and we'll see, oh my gosh, God protected me. God was spotting me. God saved me from things I didn't even know were coming after me. He will not let our foot slip. And then they go on to say that our God never sleeps and he never slumbers. Man, isn't this freeing? Isn't this amazing that me and you can sleep because God never does? Me and you can rest because God never has to. You can live in a rhythm of rest. You can stop being a rat in a wheel. You can stop a frantic lifestyle and you can really learn to rest. Why? Because God never rests. You can get out in nature and you can enjoy God's word. You can enjoy God's creation. You can disconnect for a season, for a day. I love this is why God calls us to practice the Sabbath, taking a day of the week and setting it aside. Why can we rest easy as followers of Jesus? Why can we rest without worry? It's really simple because God never rests. Think about how much freedom that brought the Jewish people as they were traveling, as they were sleeping at night, worried about thieves and robbers and animals. Think about how much rest it gave them declaring, our God never sleeps, our God never slumbers, so we can. We can rest because God has got our back. Look, I'm convinced God will do some of his best work in my life and your life while we're sleeping. This is a word for some of you because you are go, 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 pedal to the metal all the time. And I'm telling you that you can rest because our God never does. It almost creates this picture for me you know, at all these camps that I've gone to for youth and the youth summer camps, a, a game that's often played is, is the mud pit where kids have to run in the mud pit and they have to get stuff out of the mud pit and there's fights in the mud pit. And oftentimes it's almost kind of like a sinkhole. Kids get in the mud and they get stuck in the mud. They're down to their waist in the mud and it's just kind of suctioning them in. And, and what's funny is the more a kid tries to get out of the mud pit, the more stuck they get. But in, for, for them to actually get out, what they have to do is they have to stop, they have to relax, and then let help come, and help is then able to lift them out of the pit. They're able to get out not when they're striving and trying, they're actually able to get out when they're resting. And I love this promise in the Psalms that when we look to the hills, when we look higher than the hills, what do we get? We get a firm foundation so that we can rest because our God never does.
second thing that is promised to us as we look to the makers of the heavens and the earth is this, is we get help in every season. Me and you are promised from God help in every season. Look what it says in verse 5. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Look, we're promised day and night, sun or moon, protection, help in every season. In the midst of their journey, the hot sun during the day, the cold nights in the mountains, God is saying, hey, I'm going to help, I'm going to protect you in every season. But it wasn't just a day and night thing, but the sun and the moon was how, in that culture, they operated their calendar. So what they're also saying and declaring as they sing this psalm out is in every season, God is our helper. So when I think I've got it all together, God is my helper. When I think I'm trying to figure it all out and I don't know what comes next, God is my helper. When things are chaotic and out of control in my house, God is my helper. Before the coronavirus, during the coronavirus, and after the coronavirus, God is my helper. In every season, in every day, day and night, sun and moon, we have a God who is our help in every season. I love it paints this picture that He's not just watching over us to help us, but that He's a God that's coming to help beside us. We don't have a distant, disengaged God. No, no, no. As we ascend the mountain, as we're on our faith journey, our God is beside us. Our God is with us. Our God is near and ever-present. Even in the details of this song, how it describes He's at our right hand. He's giving us shade and help by our right hand. In that day and culture, the right hand, and I'm sorry for all my left-handed people out there, but the right hand was a sign of power. It was a sign of strength. It was a sign of confidence. And so what is the scripture saying? What are they singing and declaring? They're saying, hey, my God is my helper and my strength, even in the areas of my life that I think I don't need help. He's not just the God of my weaknesses, but he's also the God of my strengths. He's also the God of every area of my life, even the ones that I think I've got it all figured out. We've got to help in every season, in the day, in the night, the sun, and the moon. He's God over us. He's God beside us. He's our help in our strengths, and He's our help in our weaknesses. Praise God that we have help in every season. Well, here we are. We're at the top of Crabtree Falls. We made it. The scenery is beautiful overlooking the Blue Ridge Mountains here. And my watch is showing a little over two miles from our car to get up here to the top. As we finish out Psalm 121, we learn that when we look to the maker of the heavens and the earth, a few things happen in our life. The first one is we get a firm foundation. The second thing is we get help from God in every season. And the third and final thing that this psalm teaches us that we get is we get a guardian for our soul. It says this in verse number 7, that the Lord will keep us from all harm. He will watch over your life. For some translations say your soul. The Lord will watch over your coming 
in your going, both now and forevermore. I love that God promises to watch over our soul, that he's not just concerned about the here and now, which we know he is, right? We just learned that he won't let our foot slip. He's, he's worried about our immediate situation. He's worried about our immediate journey, but he's also worried about our soul. He's worried about what's on the inside. He's worried about not just us now, but us forever. It's almost like I was thinking about this. You know, when I make our bed in the morning, sometimes it drives Anna crazy because I just take the big blanket on the top and I just throw it over and just plop the pillows on the top and the covers and the sheets underneath are all wrinkled up, they're all bundled up. I don't pull those up. I just pull up the top layer and throw on the pillows and make sure it looks all nice. It looks nice on the outside, but on the inside, it's all messed up. And I think a lot of us like to do this with our lives. We like to clean up the outside, but our soul is hurting. Our soul is messed up. And we learn that we have a God that watches over and cares for our soul. Do you know it's vital in my life and your life? We're not just concerned about the outside, but the inside. I heard an old story about an old town in a village in the mountains, almost like where we are now. Just a few people, a few homes, a few buildings. And the town was right near a stream. It was right near a river. And years and years and years ago, an older man was hired to care for the stream. He watched over the dam of the river. He made sure the flow was good and that it stayed clean and that it stayed healthy and stayed flowing to help out this town. And decades and decades later, there was all new people in charge. It was the grandkids of the people that had hired this man to carry for the stream. And this new generation just thought, why are we still paying this man to care for the stream? Why are we still paying this man to care for the river? It's fine, it's no big deal. So they fired that guy, they said, we don't need this position anymore. And this guy was no longer caring for the stream that gave life to the town. After a few days, a few weeks, a few months of this job no longer happening, the stream started to go bad. It started to get swampy. The life and the health of the town was hurting. Why? Because there was no one there caring for the stream. I think this is similar to my life and your life. We might think, what's so important about watching over my soul? What's so important about the health of my soul? It's, it's just a little maintenance for a stream. It's fine. We don't need it. But if we're not careful after a few days, after a few months, if we're not watching for our insides and caring for the health of our soul, will begin to hurt on the inside. And I love that this psalm promises that God's people ascending the mountain, ascending to the Holy Land, they're declaring our God is a guardian for our soul. Where does my help come from? It comes from the maker of heaven and earth. And what do I get? I get a firm foundation. I get a helper in every season. And I get a God who is a guardian for my soul. Well, hey, thanks for climbing with us today. As you can see behind me, we just finished up in time for the rain, finished up Crabtree Falls. It was a great time climbing together and really learning and talking about where our help comes from, comes from the maker of heaven and earth. We hope you're encouraged today to look to the maker of heaven and earth. Next week, we're gonna continue our collection called The Ascent. We're gonna be scaling humpback rock. We can't wait, we'll see you then.